Welcome to another episode in Filled with His Love, Strengthening Attachment Relationships. I think we have a very interesting topic today. Maybe some things that you haven't thought of before. Uh, we're talking about charity as kind. Last time we talked about charity suffereth long. Now we're going to talk about the kindness part of charity. But the title I've titled this today is, Is There a Downside to Empathy? So we understand this relationship between kindness and charity. Charity is this pure love of Christ where we actually do things for one another, which is the act of kindness. But let's first talk about empathy. So empathy just has a positive ring about it. It's a, it's a fairly new word in the English language. It did not exist uh, in ancient times. That's why it's not in the Bible. But the ability to understand and appreciate another person's feelings, experiences, etc. So our ability to understand someone else. Here's a little bit more of a definition. Empathy is one's ability to understand the feelings of someone else, the capacity to see through their eyes, to take their perspective. Psychologists call this perspective taking. Can we take the other person's perspective? Of all human qualities that determine one's ability to form healthy, happy, enduring relationships, empathy is perhaps the most important. Now, that's a pretty strong statement. This was made from a meta-analysis of many studies looking at the effects of empathy on human relations. And so it's a very important thing to have, our ability to take someone else's perspective. Mothers, I think, oftentimes worry a lot about their children and their ability to feel empathy when they see a child hurt another person. And they don't seem, the child doesn't seem to feel the pain of the other person. The mother wants to help that change. So one study found that one-year-old children whose parents express high levels of empathy show greater concern for strangers as two-year-olds are more able to tune into other person's emotions as four-year-olds and act more generously as six-year-olds when compared to other children who grow up in homes where the parents did not show a lot of empathy. So parental example is extremely important in showing empathy and teaching empathy to our young children. Now here's a kind of a scary statistic. Empathy has been declining in the U.S. for decades. So this is a study that looked at the amount of empathy that people express in the 1970s and through the early decades of the 2000s. So a 40% decline in these few decades. That's not good. And so sometimes we look at this, we look at the pandemic, we look at uh, politics during the pandemic and all those things. It was kind of hard for people to have empathy for one another at times. Um, empathy did seem definitely to be on the decline. Now, all of this presumes that the more empathy we develop, in other words, the more skilled we are and more empathic we are, the more emotionally healthy we will be, Right? Empathy is a good thing, so the more of it, the better. However, it's possible to have too much empathy. Like all emotions, we need to regulate empathy, just like we regulate other emotions, like anger or whatever else. We have to have emotional regulation, even with empathy. What happens when there is too much empathy, when someone has too much Healthy empathy is not mirroring 
another's feelings. In other words, when people have too much, they start to mirror the other person's. They, they meet a person who is anxious, they meet a person who is depressed, and they become depressed too, or they become anxious too. Uh, actually, empathy is the ability to understand another person's feelings, not the ability to mirror them back or to take them on ourselves. So, here's an example. It's a very common example, but a mother who has a child who's afraid of dogs does not want to mirror the child's fear of a dog if the, if the mother wants to teach the child to be able to relate to dogs. So the mother is understanding the child's feelings, but not mirroring them or not taking them on herself or himself. So if you take on another person's suffering, if you internalize it into yourself, this anxious feeling or this um, depressed feeling or anger feeling, if you take that feeling on yourself, you can lose the ability to actually help the person you'd like to help. One interesting example of this is lifeguards are trained to first throw a buoy, uh, some kind of flotation device, to the person who is drowning not to jump in and grab hold of the person and try and rescue them. First line of defense here, first line of attack when someone is drowning, and that would be for all of us actually, it's dangerous if we as an inexperienced swimmer swim to somebody who's drowning and try and bring them back. They might pull us down too. And so in other words, we're mirroring, we're taking on their feeling of drowning so much so that we jump in and, and eventually drown with them because they take us down. Lifeguards are trained, even experienced swimmers are trained, first and foremost, throw in that lifeline, throw in that buoy. So at its worst, people feel empathic distress. Okay, this is when people just get too much empathy, which can become a barrier to action. These are two researchers, Singer and Klemecki, who have talked about this. Such distress leads to apathy, withdrawal, and feelings of helplessness. In other words, when we take on another person's fear and we become fearful as they are because we want to be empathic, then we are unable really to help them. We become helpless ourselves. So empathy is not the same as compassion. Some people equate these two words. Some people think of them as synonyms. They're actually not synonyms. Compassion actually has an element of kindness in it. Compassion is when we do something, not just that we feel something, but compassionate. That's why we call it sometimes in the church, compassionate service. We serve someone with compassion. We do something. So it's a kindness quality. So the scriptures teach us very clearly, yea, we're supposed to be willing to mourn with those that mourn. Yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. In Mosiah 18 and 9. And on the church website, I like this kind of extension of what it means to mourn with those that mourn. Mourning with those that mourn involves listening, waiting, seeking to understand, and supporting the person through the journey. It's this supporting the person through the journey. This is where these acts of kindness come in. That's why the scripture says in Moroni, charity suffereth long and 
is kind. It brings us to want to do something to help someone. Now, sometimes that is listening and just understanding someone and showing them that we understand. Maybe that's all, but that's even an act of compassion. That is an act of kindness. It's showing them that we understand, not taking their emotion into us, but helping them know that we understand their emotion. So, how do we conclude all this? Well, we look at the Savior himself and his example. Throughout the scriptures, throughout the Savior's life when he was here on the earth, he went about doing good. He didn't just show empathy to someone else and say, I understand how you feel. That's, he did more than that. He helped them through their journey. He helped them along the way. Whether they needed a blessing of healing or they needed a showing of love and care. He did that throughout his sojourn on the earth. And why did he do it? His motive was always love, of course, which is the underlying meaning of compassion. So charity suffereth long. We talked about that in the last episode, but in this one, and charity is kind. So I hope this week you'll think about this. You'll think about empathy, kindness, charity, compassion, and think about ways that you might be able to show someone else a little kindness, helping them along their journey. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time.